This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in studio on this Monday for the next three hours, Unnecessary Roughness. Got my man Ari back for another week. He survived the week. He made it through the weekend and decided not to quit. That's the first thing. So, Ari, how are you doing uh, on, on this Monday? How, how did the weekend treat you after a, a, a week of unnecessary roughness? Uh, I was good. I survived. I had, a, <laughs> I had a lot of reflecting to do and, you know, did you do some considering if I was going to come today or not or just okay. let it go. Are you good? Let me I'm ask here. you this. Let me ask you the million-dollar question before we get started. Are you going to hang up on callers today? Or, is, or no, actually, are you going to hang up on callers this week? If there's a million on it. I'm going to find a way. Not I'll hire someone to ensure that that does not happen. So today and the rest of the week, the goal is not to hang up on one caller. Let's do it. That's the goal. Big, the bar is not high, brother. I'm not week. raising the bar too high. I appreciate that. All right. Your understanding. Okay, good. Because I have a feeling that today, throughout all the, the, all the interviews that we have, and we do have a loaded show for you today, through all that, we are going to have some interesting calls as well, so I want to make sure that we get to them throughout the course of the show. Hopefully everyone had a really good Father's Day, uh, whatever way you celebrated. If you were the father and maybe your family took you out to dinner, I actually had a really good Father's Day. I'll tell you much about much more about it later on in the in the show. I'll just say this, just to brag a little bit, did go to Fleming's and get a bone-in ribeye. Oof. Just saying. Good That's spot. that bone-in ribeye, brother. Good spot. Nothing gets better than the bone-in ribeye, so I had to have that. Had to have the little mac and cheese with lobster in it. Man, come on. I think I'm still pay- paying for that meal. But <laughs> but I had it. And it's so funny. And this is just typical. This is my luck. So we go to dinner, right? And the wife says, because I always pay when we go to dinner, the wife says, are you going to let me you know, pay for dinner? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And then she looks up and says, oh, I left my wallet at the house. <laughs> I was like, of course you did. Of course you did. The Great. one time that I was going to allow you to pay... All of a sudden, you left your you left your wallet at the house. I think Ice T tweeted. I think it was him. Uh, something like, "This is the best day ever because I get to go with my beautiful family out to dinner." Yeah. Dot dot dot. That I pay for. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, that that happens, but you know, it is all good. Still had a really good uh, dinner. So hopefully, everyone had a, a great Father's Day. And as I mentioned, uh, I got one really good gift that I'll tell you about later on in the show. But man. Let me tell you about the lineup of folks that we have coming up on the show today. Very excited about it. Off top at 2.30, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ. He'll join us. He's our normal Monday guest around 2.30. We like to have him on. He'll talk all things Raiders. And kind of in this downtime, what is he looking at? You know, what kind of questions does he have about this team? And I say what kind of questions does he have about this team because that's one of the topics that I have for you coming up on the show today. I'll explain in a minute. But Ed Graney will join us coming up at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, we'll have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes just things that are going on around the league. And it's funny, we're actually going to start off the show with something else that's going on around the league. So uh, we got a lot going on today. But uh, at 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three. And then at 3.30, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, he'll join the show. And it's so funny because I was listening to the morning tailgate this morning with uh, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker, and Heidi Fang. And they were talking about Pro Football Focus putting out a list of the top six offensive play callers. 
and Josh McDaniels wasn't on there. And I saw the list, and I saw it, you know, and I, I always check out what Pro Football Focus has going on. And so I'm, I'm pretty in lock with a lot of the guys that, that write there and do work over at Pro Football Focus. And so I said, I think that that's Eric's piece that he put out. And so I went back and did the research, and I was like, you know what? Okay, cool. They were talking about it in the morning show, so we're going to double down and have Eric on this afternoon to explain why Josh McDaniels, who I consider, I, I, I do, I consider a top five play caller in the league, was not even in his top six. But I'll give him a chance to explain why. There's, You know, it's always you want to kill the messenger. Like my barber always says it best. Don't kill me. I'm the weatherman, right? I'm the weatherman. I'm just telling you that the storm is coming. Don't kill me. So I want to hear from Eric why he feels like Josh McDaniels is not a top six and what his expectations are for Josh following this year. Because remember, the last year he's dealt with a rookie quarterback named Mac Jones. Before that, Cam Newton, who was a shell of himself. So that could have a lot to do with it. But we'll let Eric speak for himself coming up at 3.30. 4 o'clock, David Chow, pro football doctor. He's going to join the show, uh, talk about some injuries, including one to Odell Beckham Jr., who uh, tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Kind of want to know what his expectations are for him, when he thinks that he can make a, a, a realistic return to the NFL. Going to ask him about Trayvon Mullen and the surgery that he had. What does he think uh, that's, you know, what kind of return he could possibly have there. And the other thing, because we don't know exactly what Trayvon Mullen had the surgery on. We know it was on his foot. So I'm assuming that it was a toe, but the toe kept him out of the game a lot in 2021, right? I mean, he, he played five games in 2021. So we, I, I wanted to pick his brain about, you know, the, the injury that, that led to him missing most of the season, then going into the offseason, having a surgery, and what the lingering effects of that could be. So that's going to be with uh, Dr. David Chow coming up at 4 o'clock, pro football doctor. And then at 4.30, we'll shift our attention to the NBA. On Friday, we, we put a bow on the NBA finals, but... The NBA is one of those leagues that there's always a storyline going on. So we'll have Mo DeKeel uh, from the jumpball.net. He also was on the podcast, The Athletic NBA. He does a fantastic job. Uh, we'll have him on to talk about, just kind of wrap up the NBA finals as well, but also talk about the storylines, including Kyrie Irving and what's going on with him in the Brooklyn Nets. He looks like he may not be back. He may be trying to find his way out. And the funniest thing is a team like the Lakers with LeBron James, who he didn't want to play with at one time, is a, is a place where he might end up, and who knows how things could shake out. Russell Westbrook might end up in Brooklyn with KD, who KD didn't want to play with. Like, can you see this soap opera, this reality show about to happen, and the Warriors are sitting back at their parade today just laughing their backsides off? Could you imagine what what kind of, uh, 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 like, a not a 30 for 30, but some kind of crash, like just a, an absolute train wreck of a, of a reality show that, that we're on, we're on the, like, a, a one-way path for? We're part of it, actually, every day, because this has been like an ongoing thing, right? I mean, we a few weeks ago, it was, he's not going anywhere 100% for sure. Right. And now here we are. So it should be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. And I, look, I don't know where Kyrie's going to play next year. I know that whatever, wherever he plays, he's going to make a lot of money. It might be on a short-term deal, but he's going to make a lot of money. I mean, look at the guys in the league that they're paying. He's going to get paid, regardless of what you feel about him or not. He's going to get paid somewhere. But boy, it sure would be interesting to see him back in L.A. And uh, well, not back in L.A. He's never been there. But be in L.A. with LeBron when he made his way out of Cleveland because he didn't want to play with LeBron. So that's that's funny in itself. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. 2.30, Ed Graney. 3.30, Eric Ager from Pro Football Focus. 4 p.m., Dr. David Chow. And then at 4.30, Mo DeKeel from thejumpball.net talking all things NBA. So that's the guests that we have coming up. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I saw a little while ago that Indomitian Sue was on NFL Live. And it's funny, we walk into the studio here and NFL Live was just getting wrapped up. Uh, we have it on the TV here, ESPN. Normally, Bobby, who uh, who's the producer of uh, JT The Brick Show, normally Bobby has it on some kind of cartoons like South Park or something. You know, he'll have some kind of cartoon on. But today it was actually on ESPN and NFL Live just wrapped up. And I saw that Sue was going to be on it. So I wanted to watch it. But obviously I'm at the radio station and I don't have a TV in my office. So there was no way that... That I was going to be able to watch it. So I thought, well, I'll just catch it on the backside, see what he had to say. Well, Cassie Soto from the RJ, who does a fantastic job, by the way, and we have her on the, uh, on the show as a guest each and every week. Uh, she decided that she was going to watch it, and she did a really good job of, of watching it and kind of uh, tweeting out what he had to say and then brought up an interesting nugget about Sue has been in contact with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby by way of text messaging. Basically, the the folks, Mina Kimes, a company on NFL Lives, was asking different teams that he may be interested in. He basically let it be known that Tampa Bay was out. He mentioned the Chargers. They mentioned the Chargers, and, and we don't have the audio part of that, but he did say that they were out because he didn't want to, he didn't want to play in L.A. and have to deal with the taxes. But then Mina got to the part of, let's ask about the Raiders. They don't have as much cap space as the Chargers. Or I'm going to throw out another team. This is my new bet. Duncan, how about the Raiders? $20 million in cap space right now. Rebuilt offense to compete in the AFC West. You love that tax situation. (laughs) An interior defensive line, to me, jumps out as a real need on this team. Because, of course, you got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside. What do you think? I like it, uh, to be honest with you. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, uh, I was exchanging messages with him the other day. Uh, it's Ooh. it's an interesting opportunity for sure. We'll see where it kind of ends up, but it could be that NFC West is strong. I mean, the AFC West is very, very yeah. tough, which would be fun. You get out of that, you're almost destined to get to the Super Bowl. There you go right there, Ndamukong Sue on NFL Live. And shout out to Cassie Soto again for capturing that sound and tweeting it out. And so I said, hey, we'll be talking about this on Radio Nation Radio 920 in a matter of minutes. So uh, there you go. That doesn't mean anything. Just because he's been in contact with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby doesn't mean that he's beelining on his way to Vegas and is going to be the defensive tackle for the Raiders. That doesn't mean any of that. But it does mean, in my opinion, Ari, it means that those guys are recruiting them. That's what that means. And again, just because you recruit somebody doesn't mean that you're going to get them. Look, we've been around college ball for a long time, right? Just because you put the full court press on to recruit somebody doesn't mean that you're going to get them. But I do like the fact that Chandler Jones and Max Crosby are taking that, that step, that leadership step and saying, hey, this is what we believe we need for the team. This is the guy that we believe we need for the team. Let's go get him. I know everybody's not on board with Sue. I know we talked about uh, the defensive tackle position. We talked about offensive line in great length last, last week. But it sounds like there's at least some kind of interest. At the very least, sound like there's a little bit of interest on the part of Adamic and Sue to head to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I would absolutely be okay with that. I mean, could you imagine that defensive line when you got to do like Chandler Jones and you got to do like Max Crosby screaming in off the edges and then you got to do like Sue holding it down in the middle. And, you know, you can go back and look and say, hey, he had a down year. He's getting a little bit older. You know, he might not be that great in this kind of a, a, a scheme. You can say anything you want. But at the end of the day, football players are football players. And if they're damn good football players, you know what they're going to do? Find a way to get it done. So I'd rather the Raiders go down with the guy 
like Sue, that you know is going to give everything he's got when he gets between the lines, and maybe a little bit after the whistle blows, have a little bit of nasty, bring a little bit of uh, you know intensity to the to the defensive line. I'd rather see the team go down with a guy like that than say, well, we just didn't have the right part. We didn't have the right pieces. We didn't have enough interior push. I'd I, I rather, like Devontae Adams said over the weekend, I'd rather them in, make improvements instead of excuses. That's what you always got to do is make improvements. Like yeah, I thought that was cool. He said that, and actually we'll hear from Devontae Adams later on in the show. He had a youth football camp that he held over the weekend, and that was the motto that he lives by, you know, make, make improvements, not excuses. And I think that that's something that everyone should really put into their bank, you know, put that in the back of their head and realize that, hey, that is what it is all about. So I just wanted to throw that little nugget out there right there to you. Uh, I don't know what you take of that. Again, he's not saying a whole lot. He's not saying he's in talks with the Raiders. He's not saying that he's going to make a visit. He's not saying any of that. But he is saying that he's being recruited by Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. So if you want to chime in on that, feel free to do so. 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Now, I had a couple questions that I wanted to bring to the table as well. This is all before uh, this stuff with Sue happened, right? Before he hit NFL Live. So sometimes you have a plan, and the best plan is the one that can be adjusted. So that's what we do. We adjust it on the fly. So I have a couple couple questions that I want to throw out there to you. And this one I think is very, very important. Since it is only June 20th that we know training camp gets started about July 19th. We haven't got that officially, but I believe that's around the date that it's going to get started. Right now, what are the three biggest questions you have about this team or this coaching staff? It could be a combination of both. It could be about the team and the coaching staff. It could be whatever you want it to be, Raiders-related. What are your three biggest questions you have right now? And I I came up with this because I I was listening to a discussion over the weekend, and basically the gist of it was every team has some questions right now. What are, you know, what is your favorite team's questions that they have? And so anyway, long story short, as the conversation continued – it's basically boiled down to every team can find, you can find at least three good questions for every team. And so I thought, you know what, that's interesting. So I started thinking about what I thought the best three questions would be for, uh, you know, for, for the Raiders going into 2022. You know, and obviously before training camp, right now, what are three good questions? So I thought of questions that we might be able to learn in training camp. I thought of questions we won't be able to know until the regular season starts. And really, I think that's basically what it was in training camp. And uh, the regular season. So for me, my biggest three questions for the silver and black. One, I think everyone has the question. Who's going to be the starting five for the offensive line? I think that that's a no-brainer, right? That's the, that's the storyline that everyone's been talking about. So that's easy. That's number one. Number two for me, who's going to be cornerback one? And what I mean by that, I mean, is it going to be Trayvon Mullen? Is he going to be healthy? Is it going to be Rocky Sin? Is he going to step up and be the guy that... You know, a lot of people thought he was going to be when he uh, came out of Temple. Is it going to be a guy like Anthony Averett, who actually had three interceptions a season ago? You know, a guy who ha- shows promise at times, but in my opinion, is just a guy that that provides quality depth. Or will it be other? You know, because those are the three guys I could think of off top. And I'm talking about outside corners. I'm not talking about safeties. I'm not talking about the nickel. I'm, not, I'm just talking about cornerback one. Who is go- who's that going to be? That's my other question. And then my third question is on the sideline. My third question is, and this won't be answered until the regular season happens, how does Josh McDaniels operate in the red zone? How does a Josh McDaniels team, how does this Raiders team compete 
and perform in the red zone? How does he attack the red zone so they don't cash in with field goals, so they're able to cash in with touchdowns more often than not? He's really good at scheming up uh, offense in the red zone. How does he take how does he take this Raiders team with the weapons that they have and attack the red zone? How does he uh, improve that red zone efficiency? So those are the three questions I have for you as far as mine. What are the three biggest questions you have about this team or coaching staff? Those are mine, but I definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and also Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. And then one more little fun question, and this was just something that uh, I actually started talking about today on my podcast, on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, uh, in, in the spirit of Father's Day being yesterday, and hopefully, again, everyone had a really good and blessed uh, Father's Day. How did your father help shape your Raiders fandom? It's, it's pretty simple, you know, and, and I know that everyone has a story on how they became a Raider fan, but how did, your, how did your father play a role in that? How did he play a role in shaping you into the person that you are today? And I actually shared the story, and I won't go into great detail on it, but I shared the story on my podcast today how when I was growing up in the Bay, the, the games had to be sold out before they'd be shown on TV. They, they had that stupid blackout rule at the time where you had to uh, black or you had to sell out your local area, and I think it was Thursday by 3. I can't remember exactly what time it was and what day, but it was a certain date and time every week you had to have the game sold out. It had to be officially considered a sold out before it was going to be locally shown on TV. And so the Raider games a lot of times would be blacked out. So one, that's how I ended up listening to sports radio all the time because I listened to the Raider, Raiders broadcast because it's, the game was blocked out so much. But the other thing I did, and this is, this is what my dad did, and my dad was, is not a Raider fan. I'll tell you that. He's a Steeler fan. He's not a Raider fan. But what he would do is he would go out of his way. We'd get up early on Sunday morning. We'd get in his car, and we'd drive out of the local area. He would drive me out of the local area just so I could watch the Raider game on TV. How cool is that, right? I mean, think about that. He drove me out of the local area. That's a lot of driving. Now you're looking at the gas like, hell no, I ain't driving. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would. I'd be like, look, man, you better listen to it on the radio. <laughs> you better enjoy it on the radio. But no, I mean, and I didn't even realize at that time how big a deal that was. You know, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's just what we do. But now that I think back at it and, and I'm a father myself and I realize that sometimes I have to make sacrifices that I might not necessarily want to do, like he did that so I could watch the game. Like that's incredible, Right. So that just helped me further become a fan of the, of the Raiders and, and even felt like I had to be deeper involved with the Raiders. And the funny thing about it is, like I said, he's not even a Raider fan. He's a Steeler fan. He just did it for me because he knew that I enjoyed watching the games and he just wanted to kick it. So that was that. I thought that was really cool. And, and like I said, the older I get and the more I start thinking back to things that I did, you know, with my mom growing up and my dad growing up, I'm like, man. They really looked out for me. I might not have known it. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I, was, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, man, what does she want? What does he want? Always making me do this. Always got to do that. At the end of the day, man, I look back. I was like, man, you know what? <laughs> Those cats were all right. Those cats were all right. <laughs> they did all right, man. Oh, I'm okay with them. But, yeah, so that, that, was, that, was, uh, that was something that I shared on the podcast today that I thought was really uh, – what was was fun to talk about. So uh, that's a, that's another question that I want to throw out there to you. How did your father help shape your Raider fandom? So a lot to get to. <laughs> Obviously, very busy show today, as you can tell. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Started off the show with the sound from NFL Live talking about it was in Dominican Sue talking about uh, what he thought of the Raiders as he was on the on the show talking about where he might be playing next season if he's going to play next season. He said he wants to play next season. And a couple places are out. 
like Tampa Bay, and we we knew that when Akeem Hicks was uh, signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we realized that hey, that money that that uh, was going to go to Sue is now going to Akeem, and so most likely he's on the way out. He mentioned the Chargers being out because he doesn't want to pay taxes. Question is, you know, now that he's talking, you know, he's talking to, you know, he's talking to Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Is that something that the Raiders want to do? Is that something that Dave Ziegler, the GM, wants to do? Is that something that Patrick Graham would like to have on the defense? Is a guy in, uh, you know, in in, in Indomitian Sue. So uh, who knows? You know, the other thing about this, and we can't forget, you know, you don't just go out and, and pick a guy. Oh yeah, hey, I want him. Come on to the team. He's got to be able to say, okay, I'll play for this amount of money, and the team has to say, okay, that's a good value. That's what you know. We're willing to pay pay you that. That's the other thing. You know, there's people always question, like, hey, why is the guy still available? A lot of times, that's why. Especially veterans, especially veterans that have been there, done that. They have a certain idea of what they think that they should be worth, and teams have an idea of what they think that they should be worth. And a lot of times, those two things don't match. So, you know, who who knows? Just because he's talking to Crosby and Chandler Jones doesn't mean that the Raiders have any intention whatsoever of bringing them in. And even if they did, even if they said, "Hey, man, establish that relationship. We'll go get him." He might not want to pay for play for the money that they're willing to pay him. You know, it's just it's just that simple. We've seen this new regime. That's the one thing I've learned about this this uh, new regime that they uh, they set a certain bar of what they're willing to do, and then they're going to stop. They're not going to go over that bar. So that's that's one thing that you just have to get used to with this regime. They're not going to go and and keep raising the bar, raising the bar, raising the bar just to get a name. They're gonna uh, you know they're gonna do what they got to do. They're gonna put their money on the line. They're gonna say, okay, this is what we're willing to do. You uh, you take it or leave it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's really. That's really the nuts and bolts of it when it comes to this new regime. And, you know, that's the reason why J.C. Jackson is with the Chargers. Uh, that's the reason why I believe that a guy like Morgan Moses is not with the Raiders on that offensive line because other teams are willing to pay him a little bit more money than, than the Raiders were. And so that's the direction that those guys went. 221 is the time. 702-365-9200. Want to hear from you. How about we talk to uh, our guy Jared right here in the 702. What's on your mind, Jared? Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Q. How are we doing today? I'm blessed, brother. I know that's right, man. Hey, I wanted to send a special thanks to you and Ari, and uh, and especially Demond for fixing them phones on Friday. <laughs> that was that was legit, bro. Um, took the me and me and the wife went to Fogo on Saturday. Nice. Um, enjoyed a a nice dinner um, without the kid actually, since he's on he's out of town on summer camp. It was it was even a better night because. Uh, we got to do some adult activities, if you know what I mean. I do. But anyway. <laughs> I do. Congrats. <laughs> that's, what I'm saying. That's, how, that's how I became one in the first place. Right? That's right. I know that's right. <laughs> but um, I love, the, I, I love the, the particular topic you have about what does your dad do for you to um, ingratiate your fandom or to solidify your fandom or a Raider or, or whatever. And, and for me, what my, what my dad did, to, did for me was, he didn't push his fandom on me. He let me mm. be the fan of the team that I wanted to be. Um, my dad, <laughs> I have no reason, I have no idea why, but um, he became a Falcons fan and left the Raiders in the Steve Barkowski days. Mm. But he never, he never pushed that on me. He never once bought me a Falcon hat, a Falcon shirt. Um, my mother um, never pushed Tom Landry or the Cowboys on me, even though in in the region that I grew up in, um, it was heavy. Cowboys and Donkeys, um, but they let me be the fan, and especially my dad, let me be the fan that I wanted to be on my own organically. 
Um, and one more thing that he used to do is that, that touched my heart when you were talking about what your dad would do for you is um, growing up in, in Albuquerque, there is a, there's, there's not a local team, obviously. So my dad would take me to the sports bar um, with him every weekend, man. I'd, we'd go to spectators nice. and we would watch the games from 11 until that until until the Raider game was over basically you know we watched his his ugly birds play in the morning and then we would uh you know we would wa- we would wait for for the Raiders in the afternoon and um you know I appreciate that so much so much so that um flash forward here I am as a father of a 13 year old and this little dude no matter how hard I tried bassinets pajamas jerseys He's a Seahawks fan, so I can't hate because my dad did it for me, and right. I just gotta suck it up and let it be. So um, <laughs> I, I I love the show and uh, like the topic, and thank you guys. You have a, a blessed day. I appreciate the call, my man, and uh, good stuff right there. And look, your dad is better than me, <laughs> and you're better than me. I'll tell you that right now because little Q and little Q when they came out, I told them Raiders first, home boys. <laughs> Raiders first. Let me tell you right now, you don't have any options right now. Little Q is sitting somewhere thinking. Man, I would love to see this team win. Man, I, my dad sure keeps telling me that they're going to win at some point. I sure would love to see it. Uh, but, yeah, he didn't have any options. So, uh, yeah, good on your dad to not to not force the issue on you. And, and I do think that that's cool. And, look, my dad didn't force the issue on me either. As I mentioned, man, he's a Steeler fan. But uh, his bad. <laughs> that's his fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the one thing that I guess he didn't do right, right? He, uh, he, he didn't force the issue. I definitely forced the issue on, uh, on my kids. And, and even when I met the wife, this is how far I went. When I met the wife, obviously she wasn't the wife. She was just, uh, she was just a woman that I was interested in talking to, hollering at, saying what's up to, right? <laughs> when I when I did that and I was in Texas and I asked her, by the way, what football team are you interested in? She said, Oh, I don't like sports. I said, Perfect. <laughs> that's a done deal. Perfect. She was not a sports fan. Now she's rocking everything silver and black. So that's all good. So as long as I have the opportunity to brainwash you, I'm good, right? As long as I have the opportunity to lead you in the right direction and you're willing to go that direction, we're good. Like Cassie Soto, for example, her dad is a diehard Bron- a Raider fan, and her mom is a Bronco fan. I don't know how that works. Like, I couldn't have that kind of house. I used to live next to a guy named Rustin in Texas, and he was a huge Raider fan. He was on my block. He was a huge Raider fan, and his wife was a Bronco fan. So they'd drive by, and he'd be like, Q, what's up? Go Raiders. And she'd be like, boo, at the same time. And I was like, how do you live with that? I don't care how fine you are. I don't know if I could do that. A lot of yelling. Yeah, who are you telling? (laughs) I just couldn't deal with it. Could you imagine losing to, you know, to that team? And all of a sudden, your wife is giving you the business? Like, I couldn't do that. I was, especially for me, man, I had, I had enough issues as it was when, when the Raiders would lose. Like, nobody wanted to be around me. Could you imagine if I had someone in my ear egging me on to? Yeah, oh, what bad. happened? What happened? Your team got the butts kicked. Da, da, da. You know, just shut up. That, just, that caused you to drink. And if you were in a fantasy league, then it's just, uh, Definitely oh. ain't doing no fantasy, man. <laughs> ain't doing no fantasy stuff. You better keep that to yourself. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine it, man. That's that's anyone that has that kind of house where where they're the the, the husband and, and, and wife are two different fans. I, hey, man, I salute you. I just know it couldn't be me. I definitely couldn't do it. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Two twenty six at the time. When we come back, our guy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the RJ, he'll join the show. We'll ask him the three questions he has about this team plus more. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You know, just having him um, as the best receiver in the NFL is really going to elevate all of us. It's going to elevate all of us on a game day basis and practice. He's one, you know, he's not taking reps off. He's going to go out there and practice hard. And so every day watching him, you know, put someone in a blend cycle or, you know, having a good route is going to challenge me and be like, you know, if he can do it, man, I want to go do it. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. You just heard from Hunter Renfro right there talking about Devontae Adams, the Devontae Adams effect on the team, and in particular the wide receiver room. That was from a mandatory minicamp about a week or so ago now. It was like, not last week, but the week before. (laughs) All these days run together, Ari. All these days run together. So you don't even know how long ago it was. But it was was a couple weeks ago when Hunter was talking to the media. And uh, Devontae Adams, that's the gift that keeps on giving. That's the guy that's going to, in my opinion, make everyone on that offense a lot better. And you know what? Probably make the defense a lot better as well because they got to practice against them uh, when it comes time for training camp. Right now on the phone lines is our guy, Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal. Does a great job on both. And, Ed, one of the questions that – I threw out there today to Raider Nation was in the spirit of Father's Day, and hopefully you had a great Father's Day. I'm sure that you did. But uh, in the spirit of Father's Day, how did your dad, uh, how did he shape your your fandom? And, of course, I was talking about Raider fandom, but I know you're a fan of, of multiple teams, including the Dodgers. How did your dad affect that? He was all Notre Dame. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good old Irish guy. Um, all Notre Dame. I remember um, – one, he was an Angel fan. I was a Dodger fan. The reason he was an Angel fan is he uh, we, he took the first Angel game he ever took me to. I was really really young, and Nolan Ryan came with an out of a no hitter. Mm. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, but he, you know, he was he was a policeman, and you know he had his teams. But I don't know why. I, I think my love of sports happened more so because I had three older sisters who didn't like sports, so I had to gravitate towards something, and they didn't want anything to do with me. Um, <laughs> They just wanted to go to the beach and hang out with their friends. They were older than me. So I kind of took the sport to really, really at a young age, and I kind of grasped onto it. So it was more, I think, my doing than anything else because uh, I'm, I'm going to blame the sisters for that. There you go. N- nothing wrong with that. Well, do you uh, do you push any of your teams off on uh, on your kids? No, they've come to like their own. Okay. Um, although uh, my son, both and I are Laker fans, um, and uh, he's a huge, 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 huge LeBron fan, anything LeBron does. So not really, I mean um, – my daughter uh, grew up liking athletes more than, you know, a specific team. She would, you know, like different players. She played high-level club softball, so she got into it a lot, but didn't push them off. But as I told you, I've told, as I said on the press box queue, um, there might be some things signed in the de- bedroom by Michael Jordan that I'm not sure Jordan signed them, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is awesome. Nothing wrong with that. No, no there's nothing wrong with that. They're, when they're young, there's nothing wrong with that. When they're old, they're like, hey, I can make money off this. I said, well, just hold on here a second. Right, right. Yeah, maybe not take that to the, the to the collectibles no. right now. Just, yeah, that's that's going to be between us. <laughs> Let's just yeah, go ahead exactly. and hold on to that. I love it. We're talking with Ed Grady here from ESPN Las Vegas, also the RJ. And uh, but right before the show started, uh, Cassie Soto, who's uh, your colleague there at the RJ and is, is on the press yeah. box and joins us on the show as well, uh, she tweeted out about Indomitian Sue being on NFL Live, and he said yeah. he had been – texting with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. I, I know that that doesn't mean anything. You know that doesn't mean anything. But what does it mean to you to know that Max Crosby and Chandler Jones are are recruiting guys around the league? 
yeah, I mean, obviously they think he can still play. Um, it, it, he's a really interesting case. You know, he, I'd, I'd love to know, and I don't know what you think about this, but what would he want? Mm-hmm. Um, what would they want to pay him? I know his deals with the Bucks for those two years were around eight or nine million. Um, so, you know, is, does he fit in that realm? He's 35. Uh, the thing about him that stands out to me is he's really, no matter what, over his career, you'd say whatever you want about Sue over his career, he's played in 191 of a possible 193 games. Mm-hmm. And at that position, that says a lot for durability. Um, you know, who's their inside guys right now? They started today. Uh, Hank, Hank and Nichols, is that be right? Yeah, Hank I think so. Nichols. Yep. Okay, so I would take a look at him. I mean, you at least have to have a conversation with him. I mean, look, is he the Sue of, you know, uh, 72 tackles 2016? No, he's, but he's had six sacks in each of the last two seasons. Tackles are down, but again, he's 35 years old, but I think he's worth it to have a conversation with if they haven't already. I mean, maybe they've already had this conversation, and Chandler and Max are trying to recruit him hard. Um, but I don't know about you. I'd, I'd have a I'd have a conversation with him again. Eight nine million. Right. What are they? 20, they have twenty on the cap right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's not outrageous. I don't think that's an outrageous number. Um, but you know, he's he's intriguing. He's intriguing even at thirty five. I mean, the last few years he played sixteen and seventeen games, uh, respectively. He hasn't missed a game. I'm looking here. He hasn't missed a game, I think, since uh, 11 in Detroit when he played 14 games. I mean, think about that, given the position he plays. Right. So right. That's, that's durable, even at his age. Um, so, But, you know, look, if you're Chandler Jones, you're Max Crosby, and you think the guy can play, I'd be on the phone to him, too. I'd right. be texting him every day until he makes a decision. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's really cool to see those guys, you know, especially Max Crosby, the young leader of the team, but see Chandler Jones as well going out there and, and, and heavily recruiting guys. You know, I just that just seems to me it says that they really believe in this team and the opportunity that they have. They just got to get the right pieces. Yeah, I mean, I think they I think everyone's excited and they're excited about the new scheme, the new decor coordinator and everything about it. Now, again, we'll see when the games start, you know, mm-hmm. how what, what what translates into results. But um, I think they're, you know, they're stoked to be playing with each other. And look, someone like Sue, if he can help them, would only help their their game as well. Right. If I think someone's going to help me inside, and I'm the outside guy, and I, I have someone like him, if I still think he can play, um, like I said, he didn't miss a game in the last years, I still think he can play. I'll be recruiting him hard because he can only help me do my job. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. I also threw out a question about three questions that you have for the Raiders, for the team or the coaching staff. And one of my questions, Ed, was who's going to be cornerback one? So I ask you, Rocky Sin, Trayvon Mullen, Anthony Averett, or other? What are you thinking about cornerback one? I think CB1 is Rocky Sin right now. Okay. Um, I, I don't, you know... Trayvon's got, he's coming off some injuries. Uh, I think, you know, that, that's a great question, though, because it could be any of those guys, and it could be someone else as well. Um, we talk so much about the offensive line, and, and, you know, for good reason. I think you just hit on probably, and people might be surprised, this probably the second most intriguing position on the field. Um, everywhere else seems to kind of have guys that are locked in and are solid, especially, um, you know, the skill players offensively. We just mentioned about the defensive line. But I, I think you hit on the head that the corner position right now maybe be the second one that you'd have questions on. I don't know who you said. I, uh, if you give me those three, I'll say Rocky Sin right now. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I, I, saw a, I saw a stat just thrown out there a minute ago on Twitter, and I don't remember who I saw it from, so I apologize. But I believe they said Anthony Averett was in the top ten for press corners in 2021. Okay. So uh, <laughs> that's a name to pay attention to maybe. I wonder if, you know, again, could it be Rocky Sin and Anthony Everett as the starters? Ooh. Wow. That, you know I mean, what? It could be because Trayvon Mullen can't stay healthy. 
Yeah, and exactly. Can Trayvon Mellon stay healthy? You know, that's that's a huge that's a huge question mark. I think I think in camp or mini camp they had ever uh, backing up Rock in. If I'm not, I think I mean, so. Yeah, I think my so. My binoculars didn't tell me much. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I'm staring at them. They're at my desk right now. So it's the first time I've had them out in a while since the uh, training camp. Um, no, I mean, like, you, you, you're exactly right. Can Trayvon Mullen stay healthy? And if he can stay healthy, then he probably starts offside, offside, uh, uh, in. But um, he has to prove he can stay healthy. Right. That's an interesting little nugget. I, I didn't think about that, and that was actually Josh DeBow. Believe it or not, Josh DeBow from the AP, he's the one who put out the tweet. New Raiders cornerback Anthony Averett comes in at 10th on the list of best uh, press quarterbacks in 2021. That's pretty impressive. So you want about Josh, but he's going to give you stats. Right, right. I know a lot of Raider Nation numbers. can't stand him, but he'll hit you with uh, the stats. <laughs> he's going to give you stat, he's give you stat, more stats than Bischoff, and that, that, that's a challenge. That's saying something right there. That's saying a whole <laughs> lot. Tyler Bischoff from the, the press box, you got to check him out. He, he's a walking stat. <laughs> yeah, he's a stat, all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking with Ed Grady right now from ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So I know we kind of t- touched on Sue. Do you think outside of him, do you think that the Raiders may have a big move in, in store before training camp starts? I think with that much money, they might have. Um, you'd know better than I. I mean, I haven't, I'd be honest, kept up in terms of the offensive linemen that are still out there, but um, – I think with that much money to have, and again, you know, you're doing with Darren Waller, um, I don't know what they're doing with Darren Waller. We talked about it again on the press box this morning with Willie Ramirez and, and Adam Candy and, and, and salary caps and how they maneuver around salary caps and what they do with certain people. I'm still, I'm still waiting to see if they're going to do this before camp. Um, and if they don't, what does that mean for Darren Waller? Um, but if they don't, uh, if it's not Sue, I could see them having another big move maybe for an offensive lineman, yeah. And then I wanted to ask you about Pro Football Focus. They put out a piece, top six offensive play callers. Josh McDaniels was not on it. Was that surprising to you? Uh, yeah, probably given the success he's had in New England. Now he had the greatest quarterback ever there for the most of the time. But you know that that, that somewhat surprises me. I mean, I'm trying to you know off the top of my head, um, who was Pro Football Focus's number one? Andy Reid. It was Andy Reid. Then Kellen Moore was the one that surprised me from Dallas. Uh, he, he came yeah. in two. Uh, Byron Leftwich three, Kyle Shanahan four, and Sean McVay five. And okay. number six was Matt Lafleur from Green Bay. Okay, I mean I don't know if I'm going to argue if any of those names. I might argue Kellen Moore's that high, right, um, on the list. Uh, maybe he's top six. He kind of became kind of the sexy new like young offensive coordinator who's going to be the head coach, right? And I think a lot of that had to do with his quarterback. Um, I mean, there's some good offensive players in that team, but. I thought Kellen Moore kind of burst on the scene a little too fast. I was surprised, and I'm a Dallas fan, and you know I I, I can be interested to see what they do with him, or because someone's going to hire him. Um, yeah, they will. You know, uh, who, who correct me if I'm who I covered this guy who um, Kevin O'Connell. Oh um, yeah, yeah, he's over. Yeah. He's in Minnesota. Yeah, I think I think that Dallas may um, they may hire Kellen Moore. They may fire Mike McCarthy and, and hire yeah. Kellen Moore. That's what my gut tells me. I, I think you're exactly right. If they get to the playoffs or if they don't get to the playoffs and they don't do anything, I think you're exactly right. I think that's what happens because I think the fear would be if he's that good, and I don't know if anyone can really say he's number two right now or that good, the fear is do you want to lose him to someone else? Right. And sometimes that fear overrides even people like Jerry Jones to say, well, you know, he's young, he's this, he's that, but he could, you know, what are we going to do if he goes on and he becomes Andy Reid? Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I, I think you hit it on the head. I think – 
you know, I thought McCarthy might have been in trouble last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's definitely got to show up this year and do something. He's got to stop having illegal practices and being dodge practices. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why that guy can't count. Uh, <laughs> as a fan of that team, I don't know why he can't count. Right. Um, but you're you're right. I mean, I think if if McDan- if uh, McCarthy would go, I think they'd go Kellen Moore. Maybe because they believed in him, but maybe because they feared what he might become. Right. I agree. And that's kind of what they did with Jason Garrett when they hired him and kept exactly. him around for as many years exactly. as they did. And final question for you. Uh, the Golden Knights, they hired a, a head coach. They got Bruce Cassidy in there now. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Uh, is this a good hire for the Golden Knights? I think he was absolutely the best they could do when Barry Trotz just you know, decided to wait and wait and wait. I mean, they, this guy fell into their laps, Q. He's, uh, his teams in the regular season the last six years have metrically been among the best by far in every metric special teams, five on five, any decent throw out there. They've been some of the best teams. You know, he got to his Stanley Cup final one time, and the rest of the times he's lost in the first or second round. So he hasn't had great postseason success. But I think this guy is going to be really, really good. Now, I didn't think they should have fired Peter DeBoer, but mm-hmm. they did. So if you'd have told me, okay, they're going to fire Pete DeBoer, but they're going to replace him with Bruce Cassidy, I'm going to say, well, then they couldn't have done better in terms of replacing him. So I think this guy, he's very honest, uh, brutally honest, very upfront, which rubs young guys the wrong way sometimes. <laughs> they get right. a little intimidated by him. But I would hope that it's a veteran team. It's an older locker room. So I hope that plays well. And, you know, when you miss the playoffs, um, don't come back and cry because the guy's honest with you. Right. And you, you, you want this guy to be honest because you want to get back to the playoffs. So uh, uh, short answer to long, long answer to short question is um, I think they could not have done better. And if I saw correctly, Pete DeBoer, he's about to be the Stars head coach, right? Yep. Yep. There you go. He's about to be hired in Dallas. So good for Peter. Um, uh, I, I like him a lot. I like covering him. And, uh, He's, he knows some players on that team that he had in San Jose and elsewhere. So I think Pete will do a good job. He's inheriting the playoff team with Dallas. So I think he'll do a good job as well. There you go. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ. What do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, we'll uh, go over uh, the NHL playoffs tomorrow and see if the Lightning can uh, get a game here. Right. If it goes 3-0, then the Colorado, and that thing's cottage. It's over. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Stanley Cup final going on. Uh, really yep. good. Really good one, man. The Avalanche put it on Tampa Bay the other night with 7 0. Man. They are good. Yeah. Man, they are good. They gave really the good. business. Well, Ed, thank you so much, man. Great stuff as always. You, Again, I hope you had a great Father's Day, my man, and I appreciate you. You too. You too, buddy. I appreciate you. See you later. All, All right, right, my man. There he goes. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, the press box, 7 to 10 a.m. on our sister station. And also, the Las Vegas Review Journal does a great job writing for them. And Damon was actually the producer of the press box this morning. So Damon is the man around town. He's doing everything. You know what I mean? It's okay. He's doing the press box. He's working on Cofield and Company. You know what I mean? He's got a job down at the liquor store. He's working at the at the photo mat. He's working at the laundry mat. DeMond's doing a little bit of everything, man. He's he's, he's, uh, he's rounding up cattle and all kind of stuff. He walked in here with a cowboy hat on the other day. He's doing a little bit of everything. And and he's even standing behind me right now. So. <laughs> head's growing hugely right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. His head is just getting blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. He ain't going to be able to walk through the door, but it's okay. Uh, DeMond, that's our guy. We definitely appreciate it. 246 is the time. Want to hear from you. Got a bunch of different topics out there uh, that you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. One of the questions that I have, how did your father help shape your Raiders fandom? Or did he? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. I'd much rather go against Tom Brady every day of the week than go against Peyton Manning. Manning. That's how you feel. I I believe that's how everybody feels. Interesting. I like Like, that. You don't... Fear Tom Brady. Peyton Manning gives you a total sense, a different set of anxiety. (laughs) Like, you have anxiety. Like, you sleep at night like, damn, 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Bart Scott right there talking about going up against Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and the differences. And I'll tell you, it's so funny when I heard that uh, over the weekend, I heard that a couple times played on ESPN. And it was, it was so funny because as a Raider fan, whenever the Raiders would play the Colts, and then obviously later on in his career when he was playing for the Broncos, all was good. Like, I had no anxiety. Like, you hear him talk about, I had no anxiety until he started shuffling at the line of scrimmage. Like, at first, it was like no big deal, right? You know, okay, he's got the play in. Everyone's lining up. Cool. Then all of a sudden, he's, he's, he's you know, in, in shotgun. Then all of a sudden, he runs into the line of scrimmage. He's like, okay, Omaha, Omaha. And he starts doing stuff. And all of a sudden, in my mind, I'm like, oh, damn, a touchdown's about to happen. Like, and as crazy as that just sounded where you couldn't even tell what the hell I was saying, that's how it felt as a fan watching Peyton Manning. I just didn't under. I was like, this dude's about to do something amazing right now. I always felt that every time he went. Now, obviously, later in his career, it started to tail off a little bit because you knew that he wasn't the same guy. But man, when he was peak Peyton Manning, and that dude got up to the line of scrimmage and started changing some things, I like to call it messing with some s. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I'd be like, oh damn it, he's messing with some blank again. You know, when he would do that, that's when I knew, oh man, something bad's about to happen. And then all of a sudden, he'd throw like a touchdown pass. I'd be like, see. I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. So I totally understand. And obviously, I was never on the field like Bart Scott was. He had to play against both of those guys. But I totally understand. A lot of people were like, what do you mean you'd rather play against Tom Brady? I think it's all the movement and all the changing that he would do that would make defenses worried. You know, they make him at least think like, "Uh uh-oh, what's coming? Something's about to come. He sees something, and he's about to dissect you. So I totally understand where he's coming from. When he says that, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Ari's behind the wheels of steel and your boy Q. Uh, something that you want to say, you want to chime in on the show, feel free at all times, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword r Had multiple questions that I threw out there uh, that I wanted you to respond to and be a part of the show with, including how did your father help shape your Raiders fandom? Told a story today on the podcast about how my dad used to drive out of the local area just so I could watch the Raider game that was blacked out on TV. Thought that that was really cool. Got this text here. Says, Q, my dad is not a Raider fan. He's old school Mexican, loves soccer, but I've been going to Raider games for 15 years. I'm from L.A. So my dad would always take me to the airport. And one time before I got out the car, he stopped me and stuck out his hand, shook my hand, and I said, and said, I respect you for going to those Raider games year in and year out, spending all that money, and they're not good. But I respect your loyalty and your love because I would never have done that, LOL. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool right there. I like that little story. What you know about that, Ari? A little shot, but I like it. A no, I like. The, I love the story, oh, yeah. though. How, how cool is that? Hey, man, I respect you going to those games, spending all that money. They're not even a good team. I love the fact that <laughs> no, you say he took it. me to it's the airport. The it's funny. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's a good one, man. I like that. See, that's, those are the kind of stories that I'm looking for right there. You know, and, and again, we had Ed Graney on from ESPN Las Vegas, and he said, you know what? My dad didn't really shape it too much. I, I really kind of pushed the issue, and that's okay. That, that could be the scenario. Look, I, I, I say it all the time. I'm a big sports fan in general. I mean, my family has always been sports, 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 sports. That's why I'm sick now when people say, well, what, have you seen this movie? I was like, no, I'm not really a movie guy. Have you done this? No, I'm not really that guy either. I'm really, it's, it's, it's sports or, or pretty much nothing. But my grandfather, he's the one who shaped my, my love of baseball. He's the one who got me to love baseball because he was so passionate about it. And then my dad, I should give this to my dad too. I was terrible. When I first tried to play baseball, terrible. I didn't play till like, senior minor. The first league I was ever in, in, in Little League, was senior minor. So it wasn't, you know, you start playing when you're little. 
I only played speed pitch in the street with my friends or, or against the garage door, and it wasn't my garage door because my mom wasn't having that. It was my homeboy, Gray and Garth, their, uh, their, uh, their garage door. So we played speed pitch, and I was really good at that. Some reason, dog, when I got in between those lines when I was trying out for senior minors, I was terrible. I couldn't hit nothing. I couldn't hit a baseball if it was the size of a beach ball. I don't know what the problem was. I really don't. I have no idea. I did everything else great. Catch the ball, field the ball, throw the ball. Great. Then they give you 20 pitches to swing at, and I miss every one of them. Every stinking one of them. And then you know what they tell you at the end? Oh, run the bases. What am I going to run for? I just struck out. I struck out multiple times. Why do you want me to run? I don't want to run. I know I'm fast. You know what I mean? Like, in my head, I was like, you know I can run. You know I got that. I can't hit the damn ball. I, it don't matter how fast you can run if you can't hit. You got to at least make contact. Oh, I was so upset, Doc. I was in tears. I was Aww. in tears. I was so, so mad. And then it's like, whoa, he runs really fast. Yeah, thanks. So I'm going to be a pitch runner my whole life. <laughs> you know I'm loving this because of our uh, – Because of your terrible sports. But yeah, see, I had the ability and- to get better. You just stink. I have the ability to get better. No, you don't. What's stopping no, you're me? already done, even... dog. That was when I was like 11 right. or 12. With that said, you're a grown-ass man. That's fair. But you know what? Now I really, 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 we've kind of briefly mentioned, if you've heard the little rumors about a wiffle ball tournament, that no one ever, you know, no oh, one, wants, no one wants to do this. Now are we, we doing are. It? Oh, let's do it. Now this is my goal. Oh, like I'm, about my mission, I'm about it. I'm about it, about it, about it. So everyone can see Q running the bases so quickly after. Oh, I'm good. But I hit out. home runs now. That's <laughs> the thing. I hit home runs. Well, it's wiffle ball. I hope so. No, but, I, no, but I'm good now. My dad, and this is to my dad's credit. Right after I screwed up my tryout, he took me to the batting cages and made me stay there until I started making contact. That's actually awesome. I mean, he continued really... to feed those quarters into the machine, and I was getting mad and yep, angry. And motivation. Imagine there. that, that I get mad if I can't do something well. Like, you know me long <laughs> enough to know that if, I'm not, if something's not right, I get a little upset. I was getting mad, and he was staying there, staying there, staying there, staying there. But boy, once I start hitting, look out. Then I can hit and run. Not in the car. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Oh yeah, you don't question. Don't question me, dog. Don't question I'll me. I'm just trying. See, you play right into it. I'm just trying to get you all excited. No, it's so good. It's good. Throw you off your game. No, I'm never time. off my game. It, it is all my game. <laughs> the game is my game. I tell you right now, my team is gonna win. Whatever team, whoever's on my team. I'm it, on your team. <laughs> you know, you know what, you know what they say. What they've been talking about, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Who's the bus driver? Well, guess who the bus driver? Our team's gonna be this guy. This guy. 2.57 is the time. We'll take your calls and texts. Plus, we'll get to cover three and we kick off hour number two of the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920.